Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies. Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. All right. And we're back. Hmm. What are we talking about? I don't see you have any notes over there. Should I be concerned? I I mean, like, they were in my head. I didn't write them down this time. Okay. Maybe it works better that way. But I do have them because I remember we said we wanted to talk about food. We did want to talk about food. And then um, we're not going to do cops today. No, we're skipping the cops today. We're skipping the cops. We've had enough cops. Okay. We'll come back to cops. There's always more about cops. Plus, I have a really cool um, conversation um, about a, the cop city thing tomorrow. So mm. I can uh, we can double back and get to that topic more seriously. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to be talked about with cop city too. So that's dope. What else you got on your list though? Um, I have accountability. Ooh. I have a really long sentence. I have. I have. Atmospheric river mm-hmm. since oh. the weather's been very interesting. Yes, yes. Um, I have. Why are we working towards ignoring the causes of social inequities? Hmm. And then I also have Bernie Sanders introduced a bill. Ready? Wait for it. That would give all public school teachers a minimum base salary of $60,000. That's beautiful. You know what, Bernie? Give it to Bernie. Yes. Mm. Bernie with the win. Mm. Bernie, Bernie's out here with these W's. Yes. <laughs> Taking he, these long shots. He's awesome. I mean, it may or may not pass, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a good cause. It says that people see, you know what I mean? Right. And are concerned and are willing to like come up with some sort of solution. Right. He's always thinking of the solutions to the everyday people's problems right so yeah i i don't i know we said we weren't gonna talk about cops but i will say in this <laughs> in this documentary i watched called riotville usa i might have mentioned this on the on the show last time but in this documentary riotville usa it kind of talked about that like uh how expensive right justice becomes the more you like prolong it. it well the more you prolong in it right like you have these moments to correct certain things mm-hmm. And if you would have corrected it then, then you wouldn't be having to pay the cost that you're going to have to pay now. Like I saw right. reparations alert. I saw the reparations commission <laughs> in California, right? One of the things that they had said black people are owed mm-hmm. in this reparations report is $5 million a piece. Now, for me, that feel like low change. That still feel like low money. But for some people, they're going to be like, what, $5 million? I'm like, That's, that, number's, that number's supposed to be bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you weighed it. And we talking about interest. <laughs> we talking about lifetimes. And we talking about lifetimes, yeah. generations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That number is definitely going to be right. a lot it bigger. It should be like five per generation. You know what I mean? Minimum. Minimum. With inflation, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, you might as well just give me Amazon. Reparations. Amazon is for you. Give me Amazon and Def Jam, and then we good. You know what I mean? Like that's all I want. Yeah. Everybody, pick pick your entity. Right. That's what you get in reparations. We got the homies getting Delta down there. We got Soul Plane. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that, but um, 
on the one on the one hand, yes, but I think the problem is we're always looking at everything um, in in monetary terms. You know, I I mean, great, give me five million, and then what? Right. You know, if I don't know what to do with it, not to not to belittle people's abilities to manage their own lives and finances, but you know, the reason we're here is because because of our social inequities, because of our cruddy school systems, right. because you know we've allowed um, we've allowed all of our systems to be dumbed down to the point where they're not they're barely functioning and they're and and you know like our kids are not getting what they need out of these systems right, right. and their parents didn't get what they needed out of these systems so they're not instilling in their kids what they need to do with you know so it's like a vicious cycle so you know whatever is to happen may happen may not happen um, there has to be a lot more thought behind correcting the problem mm -hmm. because the root like the roots are rotten mm -hmm. so for for me the only technique that i have right and is that the idea of transformative justice and what that space is designed to be and i think I've, again i may have mentioned this on the show so i'll just keep mentioning it but you know it is really designed for folks to come to the table and to come to a space of of healing and accountability but something that is built out like more in a collaborative effort less of like you wronged me and now i'm gonna put you in jail right. for the rest of your life right. you know what i mean exactly. and and i feel like the same is to be said for these historical harms i mean that's what i struggle with okay so we do demand reparations um f from this nation among so much so much else it can't be Whatever it is, it's it can't be us crippling this nation. It can't be right. like I mean it. It will transform this place. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no doubt about it. But that's happening anyway. But so. that's happening anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. It's got to be whatever it is. It's got to be considered. And I totally totally agree with you that it's not all monetary. Like for me, it's mostly about like the healing, right? Like I right. just keep I just am stuck on how these traumas and these harms last for generations and pass down from generations. And then the then the burden is left on us. This is the sh this is the shitty part about it is that the burden is left on us, the young to like correct those harms. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And it just keeps getting worse yeah. and worse. And we're like we're trying to correct these things. And meanwhile, the world around us is just continuing to just be whatever it. You know what I mean? Talk about resilience, right? Yeah. Like regardless of how messed up this world is, we're still trying to do the best for ourselves and for our people. Well, and there's and there's an entire force working against even acknowledging that there is any issue. Right. You know, right. in the eyes of some, this is just capitalism. This is how it is. This is how it looks. This is how it works. Right. And I agree. I agree. Yes, this is capitalism. Right. But I also agree that this is racism, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I also agree that this is ableism. I also agree that this is misogyny. You know what I mean? That all of these isms and schisms are coming together to create this oppression that we know. And that's why it's intersectional. Right. That's why you got to get in with where you fit in, because. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it affects us all. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. it's so much bigger than hip hop. <laughs> it's so much bigger than hip hop. It's so much bigger than hip hop. <laughs> so all right, big. we're back. What's uh, happening? <laughs> okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I just needed that. You just wanted to be an engineer right now? Just for a moment. <laughs> just for a minute. <laughs> We're still learning. I mean, this is... We, we get big thanks to Holyoke Media for allowing us to be in this space. To allow us to act like engineers. <laughs> <laughs> to just play with all their toys. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Don't be scared. Just touch them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, what's, <laughs> speaking of touching, what topic are we touching on next? <laughs> um. Well, we kind of we kind of started with the uh, inequities. I I don't know if you wanted to continue down that path or if you wanted to move along. I mean, we could talk about inequity. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. All right. So, what about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were. I mean, we started with the. Um, reparations and how that could look maybe um acknowledging that there's more to it than just the financial side um so i mean i can only speak from personal experiences and school systems and you know traveling around mm-hmm. um but i really it, it really frightens me um to see how unequipped our youth are in many ways for for many of the missions that this life requires you know and i mean that um in in the critical thinking lane Um, i mean that in the um ability to absorb new information and be available for it Mm -hmm. um ability to um have be interested in things Mm -hmm. you know I, i i have a real concern of uh, around how how we move forward from this point Mm -hmm. because we are literally we've literally created a society where there's a a large portion that doesn't give a lot of quality to this um this game Hmm. yeah yeah I remember you're, you're making me re- reminding me of a, a time when I first got introduced into organizing, community organizing in a sense. Um, I was rolling with a crew called, it was an organization called this, uh, Christians Investing in, or it, the campaign was Christians Investing in Education, but it was out of the like Center for Public Justice or something like that out of DC, I think the name of the group was. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the this this campaign, Christians Inve- investing in education, is what exactly it sounds like. It was Christian folks wanting to like help the city of Pittsburgh in some ways, figure out what the issue was when it came to public education, how they could help. And I remember kind of it was like a crash course into public education. I don't have kids, and I I remember being a student, but I didn't know like the ins and outs, the inside baseball of what public education was. So it was a really great time to like see. And in the end, we like put together this book um, all about like being on the school board and what a superintendent does and everything. Something that was palatable for community members to kind of have and something to hold on to reference to later on. It was, a, it was a dope campaign. But one of the things that came out of that as we would come into all of these listening sessions, all these visioning sessions, some someone had mentioned that, yes, we understand that the system is broken. But we also see that for some people, this system is working just as it was designed to work. And I think when we talk about like how inept our people are and where like, and I don't want to say that like it's all their fault. You know what I mean? Like what is, 
wherever our people are, a lot of that has to do with the systems in which they live in and that are forcing them to like have to navigate. Right. So for the public education system, it's broken. It's not going to invest in our kids because it that's not what it wants for our children, you know. For our medical system, it's broken. It's not healing our people like we would hope it heals our people because that's not what it wants for us. You know what I mean? And and I think that, again, kind of goes back into why we are, I am personally more interested in building these new systems and helping like influence the transformation within some of these systems rather than just continuing to to like yell at them and tell them that they're wrong because they know that they're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and they know what's up, you know what I mean? And, and sure, drawing attention to them helps them like change the game. They still wrong. You know what I mean? And and a lot of times they stay going, they going, they going to continue to be that way and try to find something else to get, get away with. Um, in the end, another, another point is like, even in the finances, uh, there's a really great, like, um, ESPN did the, does all the little documentaries or whatever the 30 for 30s or whatever they are mm-hmm. and one of them was about the finances and you they talk about how all these athletes get these millions and millions of dollars but they're still living paycheck to paycheck right and a lot of them have never been taught how to handle millions and millions of dollars well, yeah because we don't have financial literacy of, as just like elementary education that's that's yeah. not even going to be a part like you said it's right. not even going to be a part of the the k-12 yeah. through curriculum right. <laughs> and why not, not. And that's like the whole next question right don't want you there yeah you know what i mean don't want you to have any sort of knowledge of that of how how this works and if you do end up learning you're going to learn on your own from your own effort so when we talk about the inequities i my uh, my phrase this week is by design because <laughs> mm. it is definitely all by design. Like it's definitely it, it's not a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I think I went on a tangent. <laughs> Inequities by design. Mm. Sit with that one. <laughs> no, that's good. And it is that way, you know, and anyone who um, overcomes it, it's it's really from their by pulling up their quote unquote boots, you know, if they have them right right? so like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you're like but i don't have any boots like what am i supposed to do (laughs) might not have any feet like why are you talking about why are you talking about boots to me like what's going on you know i mean mean? when you yeah when you really look at the types of um opportunities that exist for young people what what are they even Mm -hmm. you know i i mean i look around and and i see um a lot of optimism from our young people and when i say young people i mean like our high schoolers and our college sounding real aged right now just want you to know (laughs) but you know like when i look at you know the fire in their eye you know it's really exciting but a lot of a lot of times they're not really sure what the fire is for they're just they're excited Mm -hmm. they're ready to go Mm -hmm. but they don't know towards what yeah and i think that's um a, a real problem we have as a society. Yeah. You know, we push we push each other through these systems, but we don't necessarily give anyone a plan. And obviously, it's not all of us that don't get a plan. Mm. Um, some of us have a pretty thorough plan that was given to us or, you know, molded with us as we're growing up. But right. In the of form us, of a silver spoon yeah, something and a like luxury that. condo. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we all, we all know those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but and not that that's bad, but how do we get to a point where that's the norm? Right. You know, because I mean, it is important. It is important to have a uh, 
a nurturing um, community, it's important to have, you know, resources around you, not necessarily financial all the time. Mm-hmm. The money helps, but, you know, I find that it's it's actually more important to have those people around you that lift you up, you know, are positive, help you help you get what you need, help you find what you need to be successful. And and we are such a fragmented society, you know, like you can get these things from any number of places, mm-hmm. but it's all piecework. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can name 10 organizations in Holyoke that you can get homework help, you can get, um, you can do sports, you can occupy yourself, you, you know, you can get any number of, of um, support systems that you need for any, for any issue or dilemma you have right but you have to seek them out it's not they're not fab they're not like woven into our society it's not seamless you you have to take it upon yourself to figure everything out mm-hmm. and even the organizations that are there don't always have a really great way of dispensing the information right you know i can't tell you how many times i see a flyer for something that i think is really interesting and really exciting but it's happening like today at 2.30, right? you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, I wish I would have known about that. Like, we are not very good at at weaving together all these things that we have available. That's why this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. <laughs> it's too you know chaotic. Because I mean? it really is. It really is chaotic. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't have to be. Right. We could do so much better at collaborating. Look, I remember being in a, in a town that had two diaper drives on separate streets on the same day yeah from two different organizations right and i was just like why you know what i mean like y'all could have came together nobody talked to one another y'all on opposite you know don't even know each other exists half the time don't even know each other exists spinning wheels spinning wheels but i think a lot of that is you know i will again not to put it all on the organization but i will say that like in some ways the way that our nonprofits are set up the way that our organizational structures are designed is is that they aren't they aren't really thinking about collaboration how collaboration keeps this work maintains this work and builds sustainability throughout this work they're more focused on whatever like objectives goals bylaws that i've written for this for this organization is what we kind of have to go with and a lot of them don't have collaboration kind of baked into what they do. Right. So like when it, when, I mean, and for me, that's basic organizing, right? Like that's the basic one-on-ones of organizing is getting to know who's like around you. It would be. Right. Get to know who's there, get to know what they're doing, figure out how we could share and then work from there. I might have my own core purpose, but I really don't, I really can't discover that until I get to know you first. You know what I mean? Right. I can't really put a, like name to what I do until I figure out where I'm needed and what I mean, I, maybe I well, might be wrong, but yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's that I think that's the question right there. Like, why are we having such a hard time collaborating? So but um, I'm going to oh, hold off for a second. Time there. for we'll a break. Be right back. I'll holler. Uh, and we're back. Hello. Hi. Hey. So we left on collaboration. Yeah. OK. Why can't people collaborate or more importantly, why do organizations have such a hard time collaborating? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? I don't understand. Is it the is it the financing structure of organizations? 
it's it's you know it a lot of to me on the outside having never worked for like a nonprofit, hmm. i'm not in that world to me all of this doesn't look much different than corporate greed it's like all a money grab every little organization grabs whatever they can and they pay all their people and then whatever the whatever nuggets are left feels mm-hmm. like that's what the community mm-hmm. gets. Well, and I, I think I'm wrong with a lot of organizations, but that's what it often looks like. I think the book is called The Revolution Will Not Be Funded or something like that. I think that's what the book is called. And it's all about the nonprofit industrial complex. And so that book would definitely agree huh. that there are some organizations out there that are definitely here for the money grab. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also happens kind of inadvertently, like uh, like it happens by it doesn't happen necessarily on purpose or by design, but it's just how the system, how the bank account is set up. You know what I mean? With the checking and the savings and all the monies in the savings. I think it I think that the organizations end up taking advantage of the people and I'm I'm you are you hearing it from somebody who's paid for one of these organizations and works in the community and who's also like very like mindful that this is possibly what could be happening in your work every day is that you not if you're not helping to build that long-standing future resilience for the people the real question is what are you doing you know right. what I mean and if it's not really focused on like helping this helping the community to heal and to overcome these harms and these issues and to like whether that I mean and that can come in any form it could come in policy changes that could be in the way we build our homes it could be coming a lot of different ways but all that to say is I I think that the reason why organizations don't collaborate as much as we would hope they do a lot of that has to do like I said with the organizational structures the plans that they set for themselves and the goals that they set for themselves, but also the capacity. Mm. Like, and sometimes that's just a lot more work. If you, if you think about it, like having somebody who's holding, you really need somebody that's literally, that's their job is just to hold down the collaborations because you could be in collaborate collaboration meetings, steering committees and, you know, whatever else all week long and don't have any time for, take it from me, that happens, you know what I mean? And you could be in those meetings and they don't really do anything for your immediate community. You do have some things you can bring back, but sometimes they're not like what your community really wants or needs. So Hmm. yeah, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. Don't go, don't get into nonprofit work, children. Thankless and tedious and important. No, it's, I mean, I think some people will say that about being a city councilor too, right? So, nah. like, <laughs> I'm sure no one says that. Everyone loves being a city councilor. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's the greatest. Best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see that. Um, I can see how it could feel like stepping on toes. Um, for when I look at the different entities functioning and what what kind of overlapping services they provide. I just, it, it really baffles my mind to see the waste because mm-hmm. it, it, it looks like, and, and you know, whether it is or not is a separate question, but it looks like from the outside, like it's a waste of money, mm-hmm. a waste of time. Why, like, like why are we having two diaper drives on two different blocks in the same neighborhood? Why didn't we, 
um, decide that either one of us can do it or the other, and the you know the other one can do something else. Like, right. so it always makes me wonder: is there a concern of who gets credit for something? You know, like I, I'm so over, you know the the needs for pats on the back for mm -hmm. everything you do. Like mm -hmm. just cause you do some good doesn't mean you deserve a cookie. Like Ooh. you're doing this on purpose. But I love cookies. I do love cookies. <laughs> you know, but like if I'm doing this work on purpose, I don't need, you know, someone telling me 24 seven that I'm going to doing a good job or, you know, I don't need someone to, to, um, publicly recognize every, sentence I've said that was positive mm -hmm. or a negative, mm -hmm. you know, like that's not what I need. That's not what my ego requires. And I understand some people are not wired like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it really, I think it's really, it really hurts the work for people to really need that, um, recognition all the time because mm -hmm. it takes focus away from what's really important, which is getting the diapers to the homes or getting the food to the kitchen. That's or, it. You know what I mean? That's it. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, oddly enough, there is a lot of ego in this work. There's mm -hmm. a lot of ego. Historically, a lot of ego. Um, one of the, one of the, like, most memorable stories about movement work or that comes from, like, civil rights history is the, like, story of, um, the the sovereign commission or whatever it was the sovereign citizen commission down in Mississippi during the sit-ins and there were a lot of people who chose to be spies like for white folks spying on their own people because they knew they had these positions in this in the community and if things changed they'd lose these positions right. so they were willing to sell their people up the river if it meant for them to continue to be safe and to hold down. Some of them were pastors, you know what I mean? Some right. of them were ministers, some of them were doctors, some of them were lawyers who didn't want to be a part of the moving work, you know what I mean? And yeah. like realize and felt felt challenged and charged by like this transformation that was happening in their community. So all that to say is I think a lot of people, I think it's a hard choice that people end up facing, right? Mm -hmm. Having to choose to like be there in support of their people. I think it's a I think it's a big decision and I don't think you can ask it of everyone because I don't think everyone's going to be like, yeah, I'm here for my people like that and right. willing to willing to take whatever sacrifices, you know what I mean, are necessary. That's really what it's about at the end of the day. It's about like, are, are you willing to sacrifice time with your family? Mm -hmm. Like, are you willing to sacrifice money? Because you're not going to get rich in this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, are you willing to sacrifice time? Because sometimes you're going to be on the phone for two, three, four hours with people. I was on the phone with people Christmas Day, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who who needed like are you willing to do that? Like are you willing to be there and support people? Are you willing to like might run away from your wedding or something? I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know what's going to be asked of you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But this work can can call a lot. And I I also understand that there's a new more conscious movement of like building those barriers and protecting yourself so that your job doesn't suck the life from you. Mm -hmm. This is one of those jobs that like some of that applies, but you got to figure out, I, again, my, my background comes from the church. So the pastors teach you to meditate. The pastors figure, teach you to carve out like 10, 15 minutes out of the day for yourself. Cause that's about all you're going to, you might all, that's all you can get today. You right, know what right. I mean? Like, so you got to figure out how to do that, build those rhythms for yourself to protect yourself so that like, all of these sacrifices and all these demands, you know what I mean, don't 
don't so take you're not you under. Burnt out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well then, that's, that's heavy, right? <laughs> it's very heavy. I feel like we could we could continue, but um, I, I'm thinking that might be a good break right there. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it right there. I think we did it. I think <laughs> <laughs> the problems of the world solved. Solved. Let's go get a chicken sandwich. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> hey Terry, what's up, Coco? What you know about Made in Holyoke? Um, I seen the hoodies. What's up? Made in Holyoke is pretty cool. Um. It's not new, although it seems like all of a sudden you see the hoodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just launched their website. So now everybody can get a hoodie. You used to have to know somebody. Right. You had to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. Right. And then you might get a hoodie mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. that somebody told somebody that you was getting a hoodie. Wow. Yeah. These was exclusive. This was the exclusive. I mean, they were for the masses because like unless you were in the mix, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you were a personal friend of the Made in Holyoke movement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you probably didn't get a hoodie. But um, Made in Holyoke launched its website. It's at madeinholyoke.com. And um, it's a vision that was procured by the late Justin Chavez. He was a local activist and rapper who passed away recently and um he's done a lot of like work in the city and proceeds from sales of the hoodies not full proceeds but like a percentage of the proceeds goes to various organizations and keeping his memory alive because he did so much for the city that's what's up yeah it's pretty cool i really like it i have to go support that legacy absolutely speaking of inequities let's talk teachers all right (laughs) gotta love bernie sanders What's Bernie doing? I mean, he's really trying. Like, he's got this bill, and um, the main, like, takeaway is that it would provide a $60,000 annual salary to public school teachers nationwide. That's good money. It's decent. That's it's decent in most areas of the country. I mean, I think, you know, it'll probably have to 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 change depending on what region it's in, but with these... Um, with these atmospheric rivers, uh, some of the more expensive regions are getting cheaper by the day, I imagine. So 60 G's might be good almost anywhere. That's right. That's because <laughs> everything's becoming waterfront property right now. We all going to look it's like funny, Kevin but Costner. Not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not but, funny. But we all going to look like Kevin Costner with these little scraggly tomato Am plants. Am I going to be talking to a volleyball? <laughs> I hope not. That was, that was Castaway, oh. <laughs> not Waterworld. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't talk too many movies on yeah, this show. Yeah, I'm really bad. Because you're really you bad at it. You want to talk about movies. I, like, I want to talk about movies, but you know what? You have to pull me all the way in. You did. Now I know which movie we're talking about, actually. So Listen, first work. of all, I'm, we should create a segment called What's Bernie Doing? Just to like keep tabs on Bernie because he's <laughs> always Bernie up to something, doing? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his sidekick, AOC. And his, <laughs> and his sidekick, AOC. Because <laughs> uh, they always up to some something, <laughs> some sort of shenanigans. And, you know, everybody would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids you know what i mean so silly kids <laughs> silly kids um <laughs> the other part is so shouts out to this bill i think 60k is is decent money in some places i think massachusetts might have like some of the highest paid teachers in the nation right now i think they pay the best mm-hmm. um and i think 60k would kind of be a bump above what a lot of teachers in this well, I guess that, the current average for a starting teacher salary is is 
just under 40. That's, that's just not enough. Listen, do you yeah. know? And you have to have a master's. I don't want to get on this podcast. Talk about people's children. You have to have experience. I'm not getting on here talking about how bad these kids, kids are. Have to train other kids how to act. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about uh, right there. You got to deal with parents yelling at you about about books that have sex in them. And, and race. And race. And gender. Oof. Just like, yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of work. Well, if that's the case, we don't really need teachers. We just need Ooh. computers. You just stick your kid in front of a computer. You just you just program in whatever you want them to that's learn not, since the parents apparently know that's, best. That's not going to be good for society. It's not, but <laughs> that's that's what it's coming that's to. The, well, there's I mean, like there's going to be teachers out there who do not want to deal with these kids anymore. You know or what I mean? Or the rules that are coming down. Or the them. rules that are coming down. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the kids are just the kids are scary, man. Yeah. Kids might be a little scary just being in that space. Yeah. But, you know, I, I look, I got friends who are teachers. What do they so, say about the kids? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a lot. It's a thanks it's a thankless job. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work and there's a lot of hours to it, a lot more hours. So I, that's why I say like 60k is good money, but I what I what I would also like to see and I got to dive into that bill a little bit. Maybe a little extra cash for the teachers who are doing that extra work cuz like it's not a 9 to 5. You come home, you got a grade, you know what I yeah. mean? You got to look over papers, you got to have conversations with parents. Oh yeah. You got to design the next day, you know what I mean? It's curriculum or whatever. So there's a lot of work that gets into it. And then then you got kids, you show up and the kids is cussing you out, smelling like weed. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's rough. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I have. Have you ever substitute? No. Any substitute I, ref- I refuse. Have to, you ever done any teaching? I, re- I walked in. I, this is a confession. I thought I was going to be, <laughs> I thought I was going to work in a, in a, in a broadcast uh, studio at a school. Uh-huh. And I, I walked in for like two minutes and I walked out. Wow. And I couldn't do that. That was too much. Yeah, that was. That was wasn't even a classroom. Hot mess. <laughs> hot mess. I ain't naming no names or pointing no fingers, but that school is closed, by the way. Yeah, a lot of schools are closed, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did some. So I taught at the undergrad level, um, which is only slightly better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at least the kids don't swear at you, but they pay their own tuition. They so do smell like weed, don't they? They definitely <laughs> they smell like weed, alcohol. <laughs> they're fun. They're funny. Um, but I did substitute teach at the elementary school level, mm-hmm. and oh boy, was that awful! But I mean, I just expected that to be awful because it's subbing, and I remember how we used to treat our substitute teachers, you know. But we weren't this disrespectful, like. We just wouldn't do anything. These kids are different. Yeah. They hit different. Like, I'm just I, saying. There like, were, like, fights broke out in my class. Yeah. There were, like, problem kids in the class. I, like, had people in the classroom who... And the, the, I was in a pretty good school system. And they... I remember the first day, like, I came in. They were like, okay, you got two students in this class that we have to keep an eye on mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't really think much of it. And they legit, like just started throwing down in class. Yeah, yeah. Over like pencil erasers. And that, and that that's what I wanted to I wanted to mention cuz I don't want to like be out here I, like I said I said I didn't want to talk bad about people's children. But like what I will say it's is easy that for us because we don't have it's, any. It's mad easy for us cuz we don't have kids. But I think so, the other part is disclaimer. yeah, just throwing that out there. Um but I will also <laughs> I will also say that I think that like a lot of that has to do with 
again, the environment, the society, the world that the kids are growing up in and a lot more influences and a lot more like guidance and direction than just their mama, their parents' house. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so like, that's what you got to do. And I, I think, I mean, I do communicate with some youth. I got some, I got some youth that I, I mentor and I, you know, work with or whatever. And like, what I've learned is that you, you really got to meet them where they at. You can't like whatever it is that your folks taught you back in the 90s, <laughs> back in the 1900s. That's what we like to say, because I was born. I was born in the 1900s. Born in the 1900s. Right. So back in the 1900s, whatever. Right. <laughs> you can't. That's not going. I'm a 20th century kid, my dear. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> We age it. We just outed ourselves. Like we owe, we those people who are like, get off my lawn now, Coco. That's who we are. Like that's what we just did. Like, mm. I might have to retract this section. This whole section is done. Like this whole, <laughs> I don't know why we even gonna keep going because we can't sit here and bash children. Like this is so. Well, we're wrong. not bashing children. This this conversation. Let's bring it back. This conversation started with societal inequities and how I fear for the future of this generation because I just don't think that the masses are equipped with the tools needed Mm -hmm. to accomplish the missions coming at us. And And I I worry about it. I I mean, I don't know how else to say it. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that just 1% of the population can save us from ourselves. Like we really need all hands on deck and we don't have it. No. Nah. And that's where I'm at. I, I first off don't feel, and we can, we can edit this all out. This is okay. I now first we playing this. This is, this is going out. <laughs> this, this one, get, this was going to get me in trouble, but I first uh, off don't feel like, I don't feel like I necessarily believe in the future. And I know that sounds like a very nihilist, dark thing to say, Mm -hmm. but the future for me feels so unsure, especially as a black man living in this country, having lived through Donald Trump and his cronies and that whole period. Like, I can't just forget that and just walk away from that. We're in the upside down nation. Right. We are so in the upside down. down. Right. We got DeSantis out here leading the Republican Party right now. Like, what in the wide, wide world of sports is really happening (laughs) here? You know what I mean? And, like, if this is our future, right, like, what are we doing to protect it and to keep it safe? I guess that's my big concern. You know what I mean? I think that's valid. And that coupled with... Uh, a generation or two or three of Americans who haven't been equipped with the tools necessary to um, process and fight back. It's, it's, it makes for really scary times. And I, I don't think this is like doomsday talk. I think this is just, this is just seeing it how it is. Like we've got some, some serious hurdles to overcome and I don't think that the masses are equipped to handle them. I, I mean, and again, full circle. Again, this is this is the bonus segment because I think we already recorded a whole bunch. But I think full We're like circle. Eight hours in, right? We 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 forty five hours into this now. <laughs> but I think, but I think that like full circle. This is by design, yeah. right? Like, and maybe this wasn't the full plan. Like, this wasn't the outcome that we would we would end up being in this place where the future was so unsure. But this is what you get. You know yeah. what I mean? After you have created a world where you stifled the imagination you've destroyed public education you definitely are economically 
not equal yeah, whatsoever. Strip away consumer <laughs> protection. That's it. All that's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? And now, like, all right, my last thought is like, everybody wonders, like, how did how did you get these people in the White House in the first place? Come to find out there ain't no real like background check or nothing like that that these folks had to go through. So now yeah. all the safety and security that we thought we had, nah, fam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all based on precedence. And, and, and that doesn't work anymore. This is not happening. The, the honor system and precedent, all of that. Just went way down the toilet. Way out the window. <laughs> like, Well, and I mean, let's not forget, like, you know, we don't we don't elect our public officials by popular vote. You know, maybe in a municipal election we do. Ooh. But when we get into like nation, national elections, it's not the popular vote that puts these people in office. So that's like a whole nother dumbing down of of our of our nation of our intelligence it's like expecting of our choice right yeah. a stripping away of our choice it's ridiculous yeah all right well i'm, I'm we're we're, over we're, on we're, time. we're serious we're way over on time thank you guys for joining in um hug your parents yeah twice you know, twice <laughs> <laughs> so terry yes coco um do you know where people can submit their events since it's the 150th year of Holyoke's existence and everybody wants to go to every event? Oh my gosh, where can they submit their events? Okay, well, exploreholyoke.com is a new site about all things Holyoke and they would love it if you're having an event that you send them the info so they can add it to their calendar and post your event and your space and all that goody stuff. That's great. Can you do that? In the microphone. Uh, <laughs> Terry, why you being so mean? <laughs> mad rapper, why you mad, yo? I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you. Tell you why I'm mad. <laughs> Can we talk about food real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, like, because we did just post this cover picture for our show. We took it in this restaurant eating oysters. Um, Coco, what's up with you and seafood, man? I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love raw seafood. I'm not a big fish fan, but I love like shellfish and I love oysters. And yeah, I'm just really into it. My mom's really into it. So maybe I just grew up like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you kn- I was raised Chesapeake Bay. Okay. So, so you know. So I know. Cream of crab soup, man. Mm, that's my favorite. Stuffed sea bass. Oh. You take a sea bass and stuff it with crab meat. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It's the best thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> like that's I'm a big fan of seafood, but I I stopped eating it. Because? Cuz of cuz of hurricanes. Mm. And I was scared of like water pollution. Yeah. Freaks me out. There's like bottles in our fish now. Right. <laughs> There's Gross. bottles in our fish now. <laughs> that's definitely a band name. Somebody's got a band. <laughs> Bottles, bottles in our fish. Bottles in our fish. Yeah. No, yeah. We didn't do a lot of foodie stuff. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of food trucks in the city for this for St. Patty's Day and the road race. That's right. There's gonna be a lot going on. There's gonna be some drinking and I mean dancing in the mm-hmm, streets. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> we will not be drinking nope. whatsoever. I know I won't be. I'm not, because I'm a sign carrier. I'm responsible. You only, yeah, your hands are occupied. Right. I can't drink, <laughs> even if I wanted to. I got to get one of those helmets. <laughs> oh, my God. Please don't. Although, it might keep you warm because it's supposed to be freezing. Right. And um, apparently, like, 
the St. Patrick's Day parade is like never canceled. Like it could be hailing Mm-mm. and we're going to be out there. Mm-hmm. And there's a balloon this year from what I understand. So <sighs> I just I just have this vision of of like people getting carried off by the balloon. It might happen cuz the wind is supposed to be Is it? It might be a little up there. I don't know. We got to check. I'm just getting over a cold. Yeah. I'm going to be sick again. I'm just so sick of being sick. Wrap it up, B. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrap it, wrap yourself all the way up. Tell me about, time. tell me about the, tell me about some food. Oh, I, I don't know. Like, um, so you know, I was a service industry kid. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, so I worked in bars, breweries, cafes, lunch spots, all kinds of spaces. I love food, absolutely love it. But I, I feel like, um, I feel like I, I don't like to talk bad about people's food so i could have well, a bad maybe just bring up some really good food okay that's easier anyway i wasn't gonna talk bad about i'm just saying like you know because part of being a food foodie is also being a critic right <laughs> and that's the hard part like i don't want to be like don't eat there fam you know what i mean like go there if you like it but anyways yeah um good food i you know what i don't want to give away the spot well then don't i i would like to say being a from the Northampton growing up mm-hmm. that most of the, my favorite restaurants have closed and I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Like what do you miss? Fresh pasta. Like handmade, housemade pasta. Like what happened? Where that was the place that had been I thought, forever. Fresh pasta company. Gone. I thought, I thought that that was like handmade pasta was like a hit in the pandemic. Cause think about it from a restaurant. I don't know why they closed. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. But for me, a lot of places missing. It just seemed like a no brainer. Like you got all of this staff. You got to close down a restaurant. Y'all could close down a restaurant and just be in there making pasta all day long. To go. And then make it to go. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's all you had to do. You know, (laughs) it's 2023. It's March. Mm -hmm. This time, three years ago. Where were you? Where were your children? We were all like in stuck places in airports, stuck in other countries. The pandemic was like everything was getting shut down. Were you one of the people that was trapped in an airport? No, I, I was trapped a jet at my setter. house. Okay. I had just been in Hong Kong during the riots, though. So. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. interesting. But yeah, we riots, home, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. I was, I was one of those people who actually embraced it. I was so looking forward to it because I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm blue collar working class. I've been doing. You're like, oh my god, I have a week off. Like it was like a vacation for your boy. And then it was another week. <laughs> and then, and, and then, then it was another week. And then that's when it, you know, when I get bored, then that's when I get really creative. So that's when I started taking classes. Yeah. It didn't take long. It was like a week and a half, two weeks, and I was in class. Oh, <laughs> it was nice. like it was like, nah. And then hiking everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But I think so yeah, like people people definitely did had different um reactions to the the shutdown. Again, fortunate that I mean that I don't have kids that like that <laughs> that I don't you know, that's that's a different world I, from our younger brother and from my older brother I think having kids was definitely a different something different for Well, me. and like and like all of a sudden being home with like maybe you're a five-person family. You know, all of a sudden everybody's home at the same time, full time. Yeah, I can imagine. I I mean, or like 
I think a lot about how fortunate we are to be in this area versus some others because, you know, it's not like we live in a, you know, city with skyscrapers. We can mm-hmm. go outside. Yeah. So, you know, we're, I mean, we weren't like trapped in an apartment building or, you know, like restricted to our floor. Right. You know, we, we still were, you could still go outside. We invest in mass. Yeah, invest in mass. We, we invest in mass. At. I was out there hiking and then like once the restaurants decided they wanted to open back up, there were a lot of like spots throughout Western Mass getting back to food again. Yeah. Shouts out to Leo's table. Uh-oh. Yo, that spot, that's worth the trip. Like, Where's Leo's table? It's in like South Deerfield. Oh. It's, like right right in the shadow of Sugarloaf. In the shadow of Sugarloaf. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, this place, it's the menu, like very creative. Mm-hmm. And then like the presentation is, del- is everything's delicious. Everything is just, <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. We need a sponsorship <laughs> so I can shout you. Him, you better give them a call. <laughs> give them a call. Yo, matter of fact, if you shout them out on the internet, they're mad responsive. So they're like, oh, thanks for stopping by. You know? Oh, oh yeah. 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 They're literally, they're like those people, but their their food is really good. That sounds Leo's good. Leo's table. Leo's table. Fire. Um, and El Comolito. Oh. Yeah. That, that got us through. Like the chicken tinga burritos and El yeah. Comolito and hibiscus, agua fresca, like that. That's Came how. together. Made life. Made I life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was living on. I think I was living on a lot of, um, what's that Amherst taco place? I can't even remember the name of it. Stripping. Because I don't, I don't be going up to Amherst. Well, they have one in East Hampton, so I would go there and pick up takeout. Um, what is that? What is that know. spot? I don't <laughs> remember. I guess it's. Was that El Comolito? I feel like they have one in Am- Amherst. Really? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's and There's the one in East Hampton. This could be the same spot. Probably the same spot. Will you get the fish tacos? Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And and they have a good chicken mole. Oh, They're one of the few places that can do it. Yeah. Not everybody can mole right. You yeah. know what I mean? Somebody, I'm not going to say the places I've had it that are very no, good. No, because again, we're not criticizing but, any one of these small businesses. But it's rare to get a really good one. Yeah. yeah it's That's, rare. But it's hard to cook. Have you ever tried to make a mole? No. Of course not. But like, it's <laughs> really hard. Not. Absolutely not. Because I've heard it's really hard it's to cook. It's hard. It's hard. And I've tried it. Uh-huh. But the, the one thing I will say is if you want to get close to some sort of mole flavor, make you some chili and then just put a little sprinkle of cocoa powder in your chili. And then that will give you a little chocolate. Um, I'm sorry. I, no one can see the eye roll. But. <laughs> yeah, your eye roll is serious. It was like way in the back of your forehead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll. But I don't know why. But that's I, I now add chili. When I think of chili, I don't think of mole. No, nah, but I'm just saying, like, if you want that. You're losing me. If you just wanted that flavor. <laughs> Lost. Just the Because, okay, when you add, all I'm saying is. <laughs> It's not about the chocolate being like the front most flavor in a mole. It's about balance. That's all. Wow. It's been a very balanced uh, show. <laughs> so to all of our four fans. It's like four. Four for real. Really is. Maybe only four. six. There might be six. Nah, I, you think it's only four? I think it's about four. I'm going with six. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks all six of you. Thanks for joining us today. On adventures in organized chaos. I'm still Coco. And I'm Terry. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. Bye. (laughs)